0: but will it be quick enough? Well, I'm wondering how we've managed to get through six minutes. They've both been down twice. Well, I bet you've got to score both the rounds level, haven't you? I think you have. I think they've both 10 on the cards. <laughs> don't worry about the scorecards. They've got to be purely academic. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Oh my get it back! This should be the round of the century. Look at Holyfield! What a warrior! If he weighs 205, his heart weighs about 204.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Punches from the Past. My name is Steve Wellings and I'm joined by Dave Lee, Andy Patterson and Kurt Ward for another episode where we delve into the historical archives and take a look at a fight from yesteryear that we really enjoyed or something that left an imprint on the sport's long, rich uh, history. This week we're going to the Withenshaw Forum in Manchester, Lancashire, a little bit less glamorous than some places we visited in the past, but it's the Ezra Sellers-Carl Thompson fight, an absolute cracker, with Thompson fighting for his uh, international boxing organisation, World Cruiserweight title, and uh, this was back in 2001, November 2001. Um, Dave Lee, I think you're going to start us off, actually. Carl Thompson coming into this one, we all knew what we were getting with him, really. He's he'd, um, a bit of a knockout artist, come from behind guy, a bit vulnerable, but he, he could knock you out, but he could get knocked out himself as well at the same time. And as for Sellers... Slick boxer, uh, very vulnerable as well, but a big puncher. They put these two together in a bit of a nondescript setting, but it really did deliver fireworks.
2: Yeah, uh, per- uh, perfect uh, descriptions of the two guys. I mean, Thompson, I mean, what, what can you say about him? Um, I suppose my first memory of Thompson was when he fought Ralph Fracagiani, brother, of course, of Graziano for the vacant WBO Cruiserweight title. Um, and it really summed up Thompson and you know set the template for the rest of his career. Um, you know, he had great success during the fight, but he found himself on the canvas, I think, something like three times during it. And, and the last knockdown, he ended up dislocating his shoulder and um picked up the belt that way. But it was later reversed in Germany. Uh, Thompson picked up a points victory to score the WBO title. But as I said, you know, a real, real warrior. Um, always been an underappreciated fighter as well, I think, you know, especially uh, certainly domestically he was. I mean, he never really got the recognition he deserved when you consider some of the children fights he's been involved in with the likes of Eubank. Uh, the first fight with Eubank in particular, which I still argue is one of the best fights of the 90s. I mean, if anybody who's listened to this um, hasn't seen it, definitely check that out. It's a great fight. Um, He had, you know, wars with the likes of Terry Dunstan, Sebastian Rotten was another classic. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Ralph Roccajiani, uh, David Hay, of course, and the Sellers fight, which we're going to take a look at today. I mean, even when he beat... Um, Eubank, you know, that, that should have been the launch pad for him, but no one gave him any credit for the victory. Uh, they just talked about Eubank's bravery and, you know, the Eubank story, where, you know, at the time, well, in the 90s, a lot of people hated Eubank. He was the pantomime villain. But after the Calzaghe defeat and especially the Thompson loss, uh, <laughs> everyone went from hating Eubank to loving him. And that overshadowed with what should have been Thompson's knife. I think uh, Thompson himself is very bitter about that. He discussed that recently. Um, coming off this he was coming off as well a few fights before uh, the Settlers fight he lost his his (coughs) WBO title which he had won from Akajani to Johnny Nelson in what I would call a desperately premature stoppage uh, when you consider uh, Thompson's amazing power of recuperation I mean his legs weren't even gone and he was protesting he was following uh, I think it was Paul Thomas who was refereeing I believe and he was following all around the ring screaming at him saying what were you doing I mean it was a shocking stoppage I mean, to be fair, Nelson was well on top. But, Jesus, how many times have we seen Thompson uh, turn things around in his career? And he should have been afforded the opportunity to do this year. Um, but, um, you know, uh, speaking of sellers, um, you know himself, he was in some up-and-down wars as well, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, I remember he had an absolute thrilling battle with um, <laughs> Alex Stewart, if you remember him. And that was up ahead yeah. of that. I think, I think there was something like seven knockdowns in three rounds, and Stewart ended up winning it. Um, interesting fighter setters. Uh, I th- didn't notice but he had his debut against Bruce Seldon of all people who was 5-0 at the time I mean, I mean that's an out from the past uh, Bruce Seldon but um, he um, you know so sellers you know, as you said vulnerable big punching and you know, basically what you had here was, was two guys two big punchers and two guys who were chinny I mean it, it was it was the recipe for a great fight which is what we got
3: yeah, and- and, yeah, you just mentioned the uh, the two fighters, you know, two big guys who both like to, to bang hard, both leave their chins up in the air. You know, it makes for a perfect bite. But what what just added to it was Steve Smoger ref in it as well because there was going to be no premature stoppage here, you know. Thompson, as we saw against Sebastian Ruffman, where he was down a few times, he was badly behind on the cards and he came back to score the, the knockout win. He's a type of fighter who, you know, if a ref he's going to look on, you know, if we met, remember when we saw Enzo McEnany be prematurely stopped against Elvin McKenzie? And the ref obviously knew his history and stopped it. Well, if the refs do that, well, Carl Thompson is the type of fighter where they've got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's, he's done it so many times. He's a fighter who gets put down. And he's he's got like that Evander Holyfield type recovery where he, he's down and then he's straight back up and he's fighting again. And, you know, his heart just takes over. And, you know, with Steve Smoger as ref, it was just going to be unless the guy was absolutely down and out and couldn't move, this fight was going to go until one guy couldn't go anymore. And that's that's exactly what happened.
2: And like, as you said there, Kurt, um, like, he, he reminded me of Nigel Benn in the sense, Thompson, that he was actually at his most dangerous when he was hurt, wasn't he? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he, he didn't get the appreciation he should have got. And he was a guy who, you know, if if you if you're a boxing fan who goes to a lot of shows, you know you can pay for all these these big fights and whatever. But Cap Thompson was the type of fighter if you paid your money, you know you was gonna you know he's gonna get your money's worth because he was gonna put it all on all on the line. And you know, like you said, he didn't get the appreciation. He's the guy who gave David Hayes first loss when David Hay was getting a lot of hype, you know, coming up as a prospect. And you know, he, I think he was 40 years old at the time. And you know, you should get a lot of credit for that victory because Haye was young, he was fast, and he was really you know, the momentum was with him and he, he stopped playing his tracks and, you know, he, he didn't really get the credit he deserved. And like you said, with the Eubank fights, I mean, both of them are great fights as well, but you've got two guys here who, I mean, if that's what he, it's an interesting fight to do because a lot of people might not have heard of Ezra Sellers. They might only have Thompson for maybe a Eubank fight, so it's, it's good and hopefully listeners will go and watch this fight because it's just one of those, those fun fights that you can just watch time and time again.
1: Andy I was just going to say coming coming into this fight as Dave has alluded to if you look at Thompson's record after he lost controversially to Johnny Nelson he'd had a right good little run of knockout wins vacant British cruiserweight title knockout win over Terry Dunstan then he'd knocked out Alan Simon for the European title defended it against a Russian then a, a win over Uriah Grant who was decent but pretty much passed it at that time to pick up this IBO title so he came in on pretty good form all said and done
4: yeah, you did, mate. I mean, I suppose we did really, well, what we didn't going into the fight was that the, both fighters were new punched like mules, but they were, were somewhat vulnerable. But you see, he did have a good, a good run of wins, and obviously the if the winner of this fight was really getting lined up for a a shot at joining Elson's WBO title. Um, you know, Sellers. He was never really as as David Lundy. He was never really a, a heavyweight, although he had some you know a couple of good wins up at heavyweight, uh, as you say, the aforementioned Alex Stewart, but. Uh, yeah, the fight itself, you know, it was really exciting. You know, first round, you know, if you look at it, you know, don't you start off with it as such, because I think they think both of them are kind of stalking more on the outside. You know, Sellers looking to kind of land a massive right hook, and you know, Thompson using you know lots of body movement and fancy trying to offset it. You know, and then I a minute left, you know, in the round, Sellers then clipped Thompson a right hook that. You know, really just kinda of, like kind of knocked him off balance as such, you know, but I, I did think as well as that sellers did think that Thomas was 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 more hurt. So he really did try to kinda of force the action and try and kinda of get, get the job done early, then and he just basically turned to tie Thomas and kinda of caught him a massive, massive right hook that, that, that dropped dropped him heavily in the his, seat, his mm-hmm. pants. You know, couldn't just get into the real you know, round two as well. You know, both again, I think were dropped in that round, you know, Thomas was dropped by by, by two right hands that probably landed behind the back of the head. And then Thompson gets back up again as I says, you know, pure, pure warrior instinct. and just comes back and he hurts from a, you know, lands a right hand that basically drops Sellers. Sellers looked in a bad way. And I don't know if anybody noticed it, but Smoker again, he helped his countrymen back to the corner a little bit, I do think, after <laughs> yeah. the second round. But then, uh, I think Ian Dark as well was a, was a bit of a savage, actually. Oh, it was good to, to hear Dark on the commentary of this fight, yeah, he
3: actually. He was great for that
4: fight, yeah. yeah that? He was, actually, because he just says he had this kind of savage, evil laugh about the knockdowns. He says he's disappointed <laughs> after the third round because there was only one knockdown That's in right. the third
1: round. He was loving it, wasn't he, Ian Dark? Because the strange thing was, guys, I don't know what you thought, but coming into the first round, given the way the fight turned out, the the beginning of the fight was actually quite dull. You know, it was really, really quiet. You could hear their their boots banging off the canvas. Sellers was really tricky, very circumspect, back against the ropes. He was almost running at times. And it was a real dull sort of fight that exploded into life. And every time they hit each other, they just seemed to hurt each other.
2: Very very, very tentative start. I mean, it's it's, it's actually quite rare that you would see... um, Fight, he saw quiet and dull. It ends up as an absolute um, class mini classic. Was what which is what we got. Um, I thought early on, you know, the south past tense of uh, setters was you know causing Thompson problems. Um, and I think the story of the fight, as you know, Andy kind of alluded to there. Um, every time setters went for Thompson, he ended up getting shinned, didn't he, <laughs> or, or rocked. <laughs> oh, I exactly see the.
4: I was just going to uh, mention that. Well, I don't know if you want to go straight into the kind of stoppage or whatever, but you know, it was just the actual knockdowns himself. I mean, the, how they kind of kept going. I did think as well after like the, the first round, I thought probably Sellers looked more worse for wear. Now, as I say, I don't think the you know the first knockdown on on, on Thompson actually like, actually hurt him at that point. But I did think you, shot, wasn't it? It was yeah. a great shot. But I think as you say, there because Sellers being the southpaw you know, it probably did open him up for Thomson's counter when he came back up in the first round too because, you know, it did look like more like a, a right hook. And you know, obviously, Sellers yeah. being a southpaw was more open to the shot. And, you know, the way it landed, you did think at that point, Sellers was probably you know, the more hurt of the two. But uh, today isn't
2: watched... an as but... Been...
3: Sorry, one. No, I was just going to say, quickly. I, I watched it again earlier today, and he was actually... If you were in the, the crowd watching it or watching it live on Sky, after the first minute, you would have thought that Sellers was a typical foreigner who was brought over and was just not going to throw. He was just there to survive because he, he just kept circling and circling and circling, clear his boots banging on the mat. He didn't throw, and actually clocked it. He, he threw his first punch with, um, one, one left for the round. So he spent like the whole minute just do, basically just circling, doing nothing. I mean, expired in inside. I think the difference in the fight was that, uh, Sellers, he, he, he might not have looked it, but he had extremely fast hands for a quite big guy. And, um, mm-hmm. When he threw, he threw quite explosive combinations, you know, and they all landed because Thompson's defence was pretty much not there. And that was just the difference. But as Dave said earlier about the the Nigel Ben reference, it was true in this case because both times Sellers was badly hurt and put down was when he actually had Thompson hurt and down himself. And he just went all out trying to get the knockout. Both times, the first two knockdowns for Sellers are basically exactly the same. It's in... Being caught with the right hand, walking into the right hand as he's trying to unload himself, and you no, know, it's, it's basically a mirror image of each other. So after two rounds, both guys have been down twice.
0: Put in in his debut all those years ago with Bruce Seldon and the right hand, puts Thompson on the floor. There's the power, and he gets up, looks okay. He was up at the count of about four, have to take a mandatory, but that's not a good start for Thompson. This fellow has. Lights out sort of power, this Ezra Sellers, and Thompson has already felt it, and there's a run right back, well what a fight we're going to have here I think, and Sellers is in a much much worse way, as he gets up, and Smoker takes him back to the corner, the bell, I think went in the middle of all that, it's the end of the round, the
3: second knockdown from Sellers, you know even though the battle probably saved him i still think that a, a couple of british referees might have waved it off because he, he tried to get off and he seemed to wobble all over the place and then he was helped back to his corner and i think some british refs might have waved it off with Smoger being Smoger, you know ezra he could still stand so Smoger was going to <laughs> back out there now in the middle of it sellers finds time to showbo,
0: and then floors thompson again there was a big choppy right this time thompson looks very unsteady dizzy and dazed this time and there's still nearly a minute left in the round. Now Thompson got up quickly from the knockdown in the other round, but I think this time he's not so good. No, he's not. He's there's there. Another big left hand. Oh, would you believe it? Back he comes to floor. The American again. This is quite unbelievable. It's an incredible fight. Well, the crowd on their feet with this one, Ian. And there's still 27 seconds left in the red, and another right hand from Thompson. Is that going to do it for him? Now Zellers stands there, and would you believe it, plays Potter. <laughs> Amazing stuff. And uppercut an from Thompson. Again, his eyes are in orbit, Sellers, as it landed, but somehow he's still on his feet. The bell is coming up. But Will-
1: it was the type of fight that needed Smoker as the referee to let it flow, aye. wasn't
4: it? Absolutely, they died because if you look at it going at the fourth, I think it was uh, uh, Thompson's trainer, I guess. as Corey's name was. He's basically pleading, just you know, with Thompson, you know, just to kind of concentrate, you know, just before the start of the fourth round, and, you know, just we talk about sellers, you know, it's He never really kind of threw much for like the first minute or two, but then he surprised and ran, go to war. He just actually came out and he tried to get a more box on the, on the on the back foot and try and pick his man off. You know, it's just a southpaw jab, you know, Thompson, I think desperately tried to get a line I think he try, desperately trying to kinda of land that heavy shot to try and to try and uh, basically take him out, but the was it a left was it no, it was it uh, it was a right hook, I think, you know, it was I think the Thompson tried to kinda of lean him with a jab and then uh, let's try and get my notes up here. The
1: finishing shot, Andy. Oh, yeah. I, the I mean it? he'd uh, been landing that all man. night, hadn't he, yeah.
4: That was an evil, evil shot, that was an evil knockout, evil ending. Big
0: fights on the corner, he gets a countering right hand!
1: As he flipped to land
4: his own, now this is serious! Thompson is down, I don't think he's going to make it this
0: time! It's waved over, the count only got to six, Steve Smoker says no more! Carl Thompson is knocked out, he's lost his championship, and in the battle of six knockdowns, in the end, the final nail goes into Carl Thompson. The American has won. And he was never going to get up from that. No, he wasn't. There was a really
2: this, this one was like pinpoint accurate, wasn't it? And the way Thompson, like, it, it's, it, his legs just collapsed from under him. He, like, he was never going to beat the Colt in a million years.
3: But what, what I liked, the way he went down. I mean, his legs just gave under him. He he kind of got caught under his legs while he went down. But what I liked was Smarger actually counted. Then at eight, he said, "No, that's enough." So he, he gave him eight seconds, but you could see clearly that he was absolutely out. But I
4: think respect for me, that was respect yeah. here because I, th- I think I think you, you know Smogar the way watching two guys put out in the line. They've both scored knockdowns. They're both in the fight. You know, you got to give him that chance to get back up.
3: Yeah, I think with, with Sellers though, the way he boxed, I know he's from, he's from Pensacola in Florida, he's a friend of Roy Jones, but uh, the way he boxed, he seemed to have quite a bit of, you know, something about him, he, but he, I don't know if he was a bit like Darnell Boone where he was just thrown you know, here, there, everywhere, not much training, because he, he definitely seemed to have some talent about him, the way he boxed, like you he said, he, I... he could go to war or he could find that back foot and just pick a guy off, and he, you know, he mentioned his fight with Alex Stewart there, I mean... That fight, he probably should have won. He had Alex Stuart all over the place, and he just didn't really have the finish in him, and he let Stuart back in the fight. But he seemed to have something about him, and it's, you know, he, he's another one, a bit like Carl Thompson, a great guy to watch in fun fights, but just didn't seem to get They have the talent to push on.
2: Yeah, it struck me, Kurt, in the few fights I've seen of Sellers that he, he, he looks like a guy who fell in love with his power a bit too much, especially in this fight. As, as I mentioned, you know, the Southpaw stance was causing Thompson problems. You know, he's overall boxing. Um, ability was um you know causing Thompson kittens. But um, when he dropped when he dropped Thompson, um uh, he, he he ran into a right hand and if there was I tell you, if there was about 30, 40 seconds left in the round, I don't think Setters would have survived the opening round. Yeah I, don't, I I know
4: what you mean there mate. I do know what you mean there. that hard,
2: And it was, it's funny because the second round when he got dropped Setters, it was the exact same punch. The exact the same exact punch time Thompson him but because I, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if I'm if i right or wrong, but um, I, I always got the impression with Thompson that uh, so even though he's hurt, a lot of the times he kind of overplays how hurt he is to kind of set traps for the, for for the opponent. I, oh, I remember he seems to have terrible balance when, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I remember when, I remember when he fought Eubank the first time. There was one stage in the fight where he was badly hurt yeah. and he, he his legs went and his hands dropped. And the referee was about to jump in, and Thompson kind of looked at the referee, giving him a wink, and said, I'm not that badly hurt. You know, I'm just trying to like lure Eubank in. And Eubank didn't fall for it, because he stood off. You know, so yeah. I think there, there's times there where Thompson's kind of playing possum just to kind of lure the fighter into you know, his traps. I think the thing with something like Thompson
3: as well is people say, you know, he was chinny. you got to remember, when a guy's got basically no defence and his chin's in the air, I mean, you got to, if you look at the whole of his career, yeah, he, he gets dropped a lot and he, he suffered stoppage losses. For a guy who gets hit as much as he did, I mean he had to he withstood a lot of punishment as well in a lot of fights. So, you know, he, he might have been the type who who went down, but he, he got up as you know as, as, on a on m- more occasions as well. He wasn't just a guy who got hit and was gone. He he, he walked through a lot of punches that a lot of other Chinese fighters wouldn't have got through and like this fight, I mean it, the, the finishing blow, I mean, that would have finished off anyone.
4: The British the British Matthew said Mohammed, mate. Yeah
3: Fair yeah, yeah, yeah a
4: less probably
3: a less talented version of, Ma- of Matthewside Mohammed, a guy who you know would get hit a lot and would give the fans the money worth uh, yeah, def- that's a definite comparison
4: Same with sellers though I mean you could say to me a game we mentioned at the start of the show that he was a, you know, a chinny banger or a wee bit like, like, like Carl Thompson but he might have been limited but he was, a, he was a gutsy warrior and he was a you know probably I would say he's a, he definitely uh, one of the nearly men actually because yeah. I, I think he proved he was probably on the world class level maybe as an operator and see, to be honest, he wasn't that type of fighter actually that you really, that you afforded or you could afford to be you know, have a bad night or be past your peak. I really didn't think of that because, anyway, I mean, Joy Nelson at that time as well as I think after that fight, Joy Nelson's probably riding the wave, he's undefeated for a fair length of time at this point. And uh, he dropped Nelson in the fourth round. He did, yeah. And then again, I think he even, um, was it was even Carl Thompson, as as as, as Kurt mentioned. Um, no sorry aye, Carol Thompson he would not have had you know, a great war with that was it Sebastian Rothman
1: yeah that's right he was about to be knocked clean out wasn't he and then he, yeah, bang, yeah. he banged Rothman out out the aye. blue remember that was on BBC
4: unbelievable yeah. that one but then again as you see Sellers again the nearly man Joy and Elston had him down in the 4th got stopped in the 8th then went up and fought for the, hit, the IBF vacant title against Kelvin Davis and got stopped in eight. 8th I think Sellers had been down three times in that fight then he went in the next fight against O'Neill Bell for the IBF good fight to Bell wasn't it uh, second yeah. round knockout you know, probably a step too far from. Is this? as I say probably no world class operator probably even slightly too generous there but you know it was a guy if he fought the world class guys they, the world class guys had to be on the ball because yeah, he like, just never knew
3: I think like Darnell Boone you know if you're good enough you should beat him and you probably will but the other occasion he's going to catch someone Especially when you know he's a big puncher with a fast hand, someone's gonna take him like an up and coming prospect. A bit like David Hay with Carl Thompson, you know, you're gonna take him a bit lightly maybe, you're gonna you know throw everything at him and he's still gonna be standing there and then he's gonna catch you and he's a type that's the type of guy that sellers was and so was Thompson and you know, if you didn't give these guys respect they're gonna bang you out.
2: But as we as we mentioned here and you know, Kurt mentioned it and I mentioned it as well. Uh, you know, Sellers, He was deceptively cute, though, wasn't he? You know, Good he knew boxer. His way. Yeah. He knew he, he knew his way around the ring, Steve. Definitely. I mean, even as Andy mentioned there, he dropped Johnny Nelson in the fourth round. Now, you know, Nelson gets a lot of stick, but one thing he Nelson was was very elusive. So, you know, to drop Nelson kind of shows you that you know he wasn't just some limited banger. You know, he he could pick his shots well. You know, he knew his way knew his way around the ring, and as well as that, centers. We always talk about Thompson's powers of recuperation. What about Setters? You know, you know, we've we've mentioned the the Stewart fights where he was dropped himself several times and got up and uh, you know, didn't win the Stewart fight, but he, he had Stewart all over the place as Kurt mentioned, and even in this fight, I mean, second round in particular, the second round is the round of the fight. If you know if anyone's watching it, definitely uh, check out the uh, the second round in particular. It was a great round, and um, you know th- there was there was one moment there where Thompson had. Uh, Sellers up against the ropes, and he caught him with a right hand. And Sellers, for a moment, for a brief moment, looked like he was actually out and done. But then he, he came back and stunned Thompson. You know, so he was a fighter himself. Who, who like Thompson was, uh, very dangerous when he was hurt.
3: I think it was the third round when Thompson caught him with a big right hand, and Sellers' his legs, you know, went to jelly again. Then after after about five seconds that he, he you know, he, he got over it, then he started to do a little pose and, you know, stuck his tongue out, as if say, it didn't hurt me when it cleared his legs had just gone all over the place. So, yeah, both guys, I think they, Sellers was just, he was the the bigger puncher, I'd say, with the faster hands, but I think he, he's, Thompson was getting to him more and I don't, I don't think he was taking Thompson's shots as well as Thompson could until the the, the ending and, um it was one of those fights where you just wish it lasted a bit longer. I mean, it was never
2: going to go 12. It was impossible. But a few rounds more, I mean, how many knockdowns would we have you got? I think it's criminal whenever we'll we we'll never saw a rematch, though, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Would have been I mean, I, I,
2: I, um, I, think, I think it, it definitely warranted one. I mean, I know Johnny Nelson was ringside and was meant to you know, fight the winner, but there's no reason why, down the road these two couldn't have fought again. I'm sure it would have been another classic. Um, yeah, I just,
4: I just think you know, by that point, as you say, I think that it would be 2004. I think you'd be looking at a potential rematch uh, because really, I think Sellers was really kind of in an angling at world title level. You know, he had Thompson fighting Rothman, and then he come back and fought David Hay, and he was, he was then in the ring for almost for over a year after the David Hay fight. So, yeah. you don't know if maybe what well, was it, forty at that time? Looking yeah, far not off, it anyway.
2: I remember Thompson's uh, last fight was on the undercard of Hatton against Carlos Mosa.
1: That's right. I couldn't remember the Hatton opponent. I knew it was one of his shows.
2: And I remember he was actually, even though he won widely on points on the scorecard, I thought he was quite fortunate myself. He looked poor,
1: didn't he, Dave, that night?
2: He looked very very poor, Steve. And I think he retired shortly afterwards. So I think he knew himself that he wasn't wasn't performing at the level he he used to be operating at. So uh, that fight convinced him to retire. The thing with
4: Sellers as well was that after the the Bell fight, he was actually out of the ring for, three, four years after that, so... That's right. In retirement, right. so I think you'd be, if you're looking at a potential rematch here, then you'd be looking around about after after the Sellers lost to join Elson back in 2002. So, yeah. Again, as I say, is probably I think, what was Thomas... I think he hadn't even fought in 2002 as well. I think he went back to six-rounders for, for yeah. about a year and a bit, so before he even fought Rothman, so... Yeah, you know, it is a shame maybe it's a victim of circumstances maybe injury exactly. you know, whatever it is but it's a shame it never happened again but great fight nonetheless
1: yeah I yeah. think po- post fight I was just going to mention there briefly the role of the IBO title I was looking through Boxwick earlier actually and Thompson got a few decent paydays out of the IBO it was obviously on the line the night he fought Sellers and then he, he fought against Rothman and, and obviously a very inexperienced David Hay but it, the interesting thing was whenever Sellers knocked out Thompson for the IBO title and then he fought nelson for his wbo nelson knocked out sellers and then he refused to take the ibo title he, he said to he told the ibo to basically stick it and make it vacant
2: <laughs> <laughs> well it was it was around the time as well where sky were kind of uh, pimping the ibo title weren't they? yeah it was like every every error every second fight was for an ibo title i remember uh you know not to go too off topic but it was a jade joy, khalik remember him <laughs> yes like, yeah he was an IBO champion, wasn't he? And you know, there like several fighters who you know had had that title. But um, you know, it, it wasn't a very prestigious belt, was it? Even though their rankings, they claim the rankings can't be manipulated because it's all based on computerized. But you know, you, you had guys like Brian Nielsen, Brian Nielsen being i b o champions, which kind of sums up the credibility of that belt, doesn't
3: it? And and the thing is, I mean. Everyone minds about the bouts and too many bouts. But I remember saying on the part about someone like Brian McGee where, you know, there was an interview with him and he had the, one of the WBA bouts at the time and it enabled him to get paydays on the road. And it was the same with this part here. You know, these two guys were guys who didn't end their careers with, you know, millions in the bank. They didn't have, you know, for all the the, the, the stuff that they did and how many times they put their, their you know, bodies on the line... They didn't end, you know, with fantastic paydays or anything like that. So this bout to them was something that was important that can enable them to maybe travel the world and get a few paydays. And you know, I know for um, someone like Ezra Sellers, he actually passed away a few years ago. And before he passed away, he got in the um, the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. I'm not a big speech maker, so don't be ready for that.
0: <laughs> don't even worry. But I just want to say thanks to my family. <clears throat> they their undying support has been everything to me. Several friends, grits. I appreciate you guys.
3: Thanks. Now you know, I that might not be a big deal, but for someone like him, who you know didn't quite make it, like you know, obviously the, a lot of the stars do. You know, it was great for him to to win this fight that we're talking about, and you know, pick that title that you know a lot of fans won't, won't think highly of, but for guys at that level, and you know, who didn't get the probably the respect that they deserve at the time, I think. It's good for those type of fighters, and that's why these bouts you know, do have a part to play for at you know, a certain level.
1: Yeah, I think that sums it up really well, Kurt. I suppose for final uh, closing comments from me. Uh, shame to see Sellers. I think it was a heart attack or some kind of heart problems that he passed away of a few years ago. So, obviously, rest in peace to him. He was a very exciting fighter, and also, as we said earlier, guys, and a very underrated, talented a boxer, puncher who, who could hit hard and be hurt himself. But this was a fight that didn't really need any sort of title on the line. But the IBO obviously got in there, and fair play for these guys for getting their little bit of silverware. And hopefully, Sellers over his career would have made a few pounds. And I know that Thompson, we see him now on Box Nation, and that he obviously made a few pounds as well. Very exciting fighter. And if Dave, hey, Andy, if you guys wanted to, uh, any closing comments. And
3: just to say as well, we don't see a lot of small horse shows on Sky anymore. You know, Hearn got rid of them, you know, they want more. They're, they're, they're... The, the jazz of it all and, the, and all that. But, you know, this just shows that, you know, make the right fights. It doesn't matter where it's set. You know, it could be the biggest venue or the smallest. You know, great fights will happen between two great uh, fighters or styles that just blend.
4: Yep, good fight. As I say, it's, uh, it's on YouTube. It's one of the most... Ta- if you, it's what I would probably class, you know, as... No, it's not a hardcore favourite. It's probably more kind of class as a cult favourite. Actually, you know, like, you said, like films like Kickbox or Jean-Claude Van Damme are like a kind of cult favourite. You know, this 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 fight is along those lines. Well,
2: it's, it's it's interesting that you know we're talking about you know Matchroom getting rid of the uh, small hall shows. This ironically enough was actually a Matchroom show. Um, Barry Hearn. Uh, Barry Hearn, yeah. <laughs> but it was actually a, it was I think it was a midweek show as well. It wasn't a Saturday night a Saturday fight night. It was so it was the midweek. Kind of nondescript show and you know this fight just came out of the blue and it was an absolute cracker and it is said andy kind of a cult over the years you know a lot of people you know uh talk about it but most people haven't seen it but as i said it's on youtube you have no excuse now go up and check it out it's, it's a classic
1: Yeah, we always say that after every fight, obviously go and watch it, but I mean this one, 10, 12 minutes a day, that's all it's pretty much going to take. There's a real nice, short, concise version from First Bell to Last on YouTube, so go out and check it out, guys. Thanks to Dave Lee there for his final thoughts, Andy, Kurt and me, Steve Wellings as well. Don't forget to check out the previous editions. We've had Luric Klitschko, we've had Sanchez against the Zuma Nelson, the Delahoye and Moseley. Good few fights in the archive now. and We've got an absolute cracker, middleweight, classic coming up for you next week as well, which I'm sure you'll all enjoy. Thanks for continuing to listen and subscribe and, and spreading it around. I know people have given us some great feedback about punches from the past. And uh, this series is coming to a close soon, but we'll hopefully have some more great fights to discuss in the next one. But we still have two or three left. And join us again next week, guys. Thanks. All the best.